Hey there, are you sick and tired of feeling sick and tired? Join Adol Kozilski and Fagy Stern as they explore ways to reverse chronic illness and achieve vibrant health. Your health is your only wealth and together we can be better. Hashtag Healthy You, Wealthy You. Good morning, good morning. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show. I'm Adol Kozilski and my partner in crime. Always, I love being in crime with you. (laughs) Any day. Right, today we are going to have a most fascinating conversation and we want you to join it. We are going to be talking about a thing called visceral therapy. We have discussed it before on the show, but today we have a super duper guest. We have none other than Joanne Enslin. Um, she has a BSc in physiotherapy and honors in sports science, a master's in exercise physiology. And basically, she is an accomplished physiotherapist trained in osteopathic techniques, but she has dedicated her life to transforming the world of healthcare through her innovative approaches to treatment. She has unyielding commitments to patients' well-being, and um, she has been everywhere from the bustling streets of Johannesburg, South Africa, to the prestigious halls of Boston University and beyond. And today, we are going to be talking about visceral therapy and a whole lot more. We'd love you to join us. Our SMS line is 34519. Our telegram number 0618951019. Good morning, Joanne. Thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Joanne. Good morning. Thanks so much for inviting me. And um, this is part of the convention that's going on, the aeroplanes. <laughs> We're super excited to have you. You on, and I know there's a, a lot to discuss, but I think for the uninitiated or the unaffiliated or the, or the people who do not know, let's get a definition about visceral therapy. Like, what is it? What, what does it mean? And, and how does it uh, play a part in our, our well-being? So it's called visceral manipulation, and it was developed by a, a French osteopath doctor called Jean-Pierre Barral, from, um, originally from Grenoble. And he's been in Time magazine as one of the top six innovators of our century as far as healthcare goes. So visceral manipulation is looking at the attachments of the organs to our skeleton and to our spine and how those attachments have our neurovascular system. We have a lot of our endocrine system existing. So with this visceral manipulation, it's a very broad um, treatment because it can treat many, many conditions. Um, so Jean-Pierre actually, he discovered this when he was, um, he was a therapist and he worked at a lung hospital. And he saw that in the, in the biopsies, um, it, it was a TB hospital in Grenoble. And he saw that in the, in the biopsies that um, the patient's spine had moved into a scoliosis position because at that stage they used to, te- they used to treat TB with um, sort of doing some type of mechanical lesions into where the TB um, the TB growth was, and from the scar tissue it was pulling the spine into a scoliosis. And, wow! And from this he started to look at what were the influence? What is the influence of the organs? on our muscular system, on our skeletal system. And he's gone even further because now we do a lot of work with visceral manipulation, which has a huge impact 
on the neuroendocrine system because many of those attachments have receptors for our hormones. Um, we use well, his new work now, which I've been attending. I've done six or seven classes recently in the U.S. His new work is very much on the brain. We can actually mechanically treat the brain for um, a, a patient that has reading difficulties or trauma or emotional difficulties, um, tinnitus, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a very broad treatment with many, many incredible results. So he's still alive. He's still alive. He's now, I'm going to his birthday party next year. Um, he's 79 years old. Oh, wow. And, you know, when I first decided this was my path, because in the, in the meantime, I'd been to Wits University, UCT, did my honors at Tim Noakes, and then I went to Boston University, and then I went to Michigan State, MSU, Michigan State University in Lansing, and that's where I went to the osteopathic school. And when I was learning this work on, of osteopathic medicine, and just to let you know that um, the osteopaths in America are, are doctors, they do surgery, they do the full medical training, but then they start to specialize in how can, as practitioners, physicians, how can they help their patients as well on a mechanical level, like treat their lungs, treat their um, their joints, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I was doing my classes in MSU, Michigan State University, and I was actually in a lunch queue. And the two lecturers in front were talking about this French doctor that um, was now treating the hip by using techniques to release the ligaments of the colon and that relationship into the hip. And at that moment, I thought this was the missing link. Because in the meantime, I'd done all these um, osteopathic techniques. I brought Pilates to South Africa, thinking oh. maybe if after the treatment, the patients could do Pilates, it would hold the treatment. But the trouble is the minute the patient stopped doing Pilates, their symptoms returned. So then I thought, well, maybe it's um more emotional component. So I went and I studied craniosacral therapy and we still run, I run classes in this country on craniosacral therapy. But when I heard those teachers talking about this connection of the organs into our joints and how it could be a cause of a bursitis or a, a hip arthrosis, like, you know, the, the, the joint becoming tight, I actually phoned Jean-Pierre in, he was living in Grenoble at that stage. And I said to him, I have to study this work. So he said, well, I'm going to be teaching a class in London. And so I said, well, can I come for a treatment? So I flew to Grenoble and um, it was quite amazing. And when I met him, I knew this was an incredible teacher because not only was he modest, he's written over 20 books, but he had this incredible passion to help people. That was his whole mission. It wasn't, wasn't to be on stage, to teach techniques with this new innovative treatment just his it generally came from his heart that he wanted to help his patients hey we're so, speaking to we're speaking to joanne enslin and we are now going to understand um how she uh, because she met this wonderful gentleman who has taught us so much how this can actually affect our daily lives if you'd like to ask a question or you have a comment, 34519 is our SMS line. 061-895-1019 is our telegram number. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosilski and Fagy Stern.
And we're going to do a deep dive now into visceral manipulation. I've got it right now. I'm not calling it therapy. It's manipulation. Joanne, can you uh, share with our listeners, like, in what areas of health can visceral manipulation um, help? And I know it's very wide spectrum, so I'm going to leave it up to you to, like, give examples of where you see it helping tremendously. Okay, fantastic. So um, we had a chat yesterday and, um, yeah, we decided to keep this talk broad because it does help so many um, patients. So a patient will come to me with back pain. I can think of a patient, he was a golfer and, you know, he had back pain and he had a passion for golf and he had tried so many different things. He tried going from treatment to specialist to doing exercise and nothing would help him. And what it was, was actually a tightness of an organ against his spine. And in particular, if I go into detail, um, it was his duodenum. So the duodenum is part of your small intestine. <clears throat> and it attaches very close to your, your lumbar spine. And it has an attachment that goes into your kidney. So with this tightness of its attachment into the kidney, into the spine, it was compressing the nerves behind it. And that was causing his back pain and his inability to actually stand up straight and rotate with his golf swing. Fascinating. Yeah, very small manipulation. And we managed to release the nerves. It's it's very gentle. It's not manipulation is a, it sounds like it's hard, but it's a very gentle, educated touch where you have to learn how to sink to the level to find where the, the tightness is. You have to gently, gently move the organ to see where it's restricted. And by gently releasing it, the nerves behind it become released. And then the pain is released. Um, I can think of so many. We had another, we had a chat yesterday about another patient. So that would be releasing, um, the organ that is pushing on the nerves behind it. And the kidney does that a lot. So a lot of our back pain is when our kidneys don't move and slide because they they sit under our diaphragm and every time we breathe in and out, they move three centimeters on the psoas muscle. We all know the psoas muscle is that muscle in the front of the hip that gives us groin problems. And um, it's an organ that doesn't have a lot of stability. So um, after a woman's had, pre- had a pregnancy, um, the kidney is often very hypermobile. It takes time, you know, to settle after the pregnancy. And we know that in the gym, our, our, the trainers in the gym, they use those kidney belts to try and support the kidneys. Um, we also know that if you have a big fall on your coccyx, the kidneys can slightly drop. It's called kidney ptosis. And with that, with that, um, lack of movement of the, of the kidney, it also presses on the nerves behind us to cause back pain, shoulder pain, headaches, etc. But the other aspect is that it has a great effect on our circulation. And we were chatting yesterday about, so so patients won't come to me to say, oh, I've got a kidney or a duodenum or a artery problem. They'll come for it with an ailment. So for example, um, plantar fasciitis, we were just chatting yesterday, how, you know, um, the plantar fasciitis is often a lack of circulation to the area. And, with part of this visual manipulation, we can actually manipulate the arteries. Like we have the femoral artery coming through the front of the hip and that goes under a ligament called the inguinal ligament. And that can 
compress the artery. So there's lack of circulation to the legs. It can happen on one side where you have one foot that is affected or can happen on both sides where both feet are affected. And then the artery goes down the leg, goes from the front to the back of the knee. And as it goes all the way down to the foot along its path, it has to pass through tunnels and muscles. And along its pathway, there can be a slight restriction and cause a lack of circulation into the leg. So the patient comes with a plantar fasciitis. And maybe it's a lack of circulation. Well, often it is because I get very good results on plantar fasciitis. So you find in the pathway where that lack of, where the tightness is on the artery and have a release. And then when there's more circulation to the foot, there's more oxygen. And a lot of pain is when the nerve has a lack of oxygen. It's called anoxia. So lack of circulation to the nerve causes pain. So we restore the nerve, the circulation to the plantar nerves, which are, which is below the fascia. And it has a very good, a very good result. I can think of too many. Like, you know, there's always the question for, for me, I'm, I'm, I'm a very like logical person. A, then there's got to be B, there's got to be C, that there's some type of, you know, um, cause and effect, cause and effect, cause and effect. Now, I think what, what, what is happening is, so for example, maybe 10 years ago, 20 years ago, you're a physio, a physiotherapist. You know, you used to go for neck ache. I had neck ache. Go to the physio. The physio used to manipulate me, right? Um, and you used to think, okay, well, once she has like relaxed my muscles, I should be fine. And as you correctly said, what used to happen was that maybe a day later, a week later, whatever, I was back in the same situation. What is coming? What is the cart and what is the horse? Is it because we are now coming to realize that there is all these wrong attachments, these, these, uh, the, the stopping of circulation that is causing the, the neck to constrict? Or is it like the vice versa that maybe I'm stressed? This is where I hold my stress. My neck constricts and then I stick, you know, I mess up the, the connection between, you know, my, my organs connecting to, to my nervous system, et cetera, et cetera. Or is it a flow? It can go either way. That is such a good question because when I think of the neck, um, one of the, one of the biggest, and, and Jean-Pierre says 98% of our neck pain, back pain is an organ attachment versus muscles and joints. So I'm going to go to the neck because it's such an interesting part because it's such a mobile part of the spine and it has such impact because we can have a whiplash injury. When we're 18, we can have a bumper bash when we're 18. As just, you know, to have your, the back of the car dented, it's a lot of force through the metal. So those, those forces go through our body. And I'm going to use your neck example. Um, so, so the top of the lung has ligaments that go from the lung into the neck. They call the pleural dome ligaments. And then, we know that in whiplash, it's not so much the bony parts that get affected. It's the, it's the soft parts of the, the neck that get um, affected. But more so than the muscles are actually the ligamentous attachments into the neck. So you can have a whiplash injury where the attachments of the organ, like the pleural dome, into the neck, get a, have a fibrosis. And then there's a continuous pressure in that area on the disc where the nerve comes out of the neck. And then you get symptoms 20 years later. So I often have patients that come in and they've had a lot of neck injuries and been to lots of treatment. And they have like two or three treatments and the pain actually 
goes away for long, for long, long. And treating chronic injuries. So this is not a, a treatment for acute injuries. So if you have a acute whip, whiplash, um, so this is another interesting thing. So Jean-Pierre did a study on those patients that had acute whiplash and dashed off for treatment. In fact, he treated himself. I used to treat a lot of patients as soon as they'd had an injury, acute injury. He said the trouble is when you treat an injury that is too soon, you're putting more force into the system. So in a sense, you're making it more mobile. You're not giving a, the, the body enough time to dissipate the forces. Because force is heat, right? Force is energy. So the body has to rearrange itself after a big accident or a big trauma. And so this treatment's very much for more sort of later on down the line. So you wouldn't do this with an acute injury. If it is an acute neck injury, like it came on for no particular reason, definitely this technique would be amazing. But if you had an accident or you pulled your muscle on the rugby field, you'd give it some time to dissipate the, 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 the forces in the injury. And then you would have the treatment. Like a hamstring injury could be from many, many, many causes other than the hamstring. Particularly if it's chronic and it keeps coming back. And if you have a dis-ease, say, uh, again, um, I, I have problems with my stomach, right? It's got actually nothing to do with, 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 with an injury as such, but there, there is the, like, I have an unhealthy gut. Person has an unhealthy gut. Okay. Um, that manifests then a neck ache, right? Um, because, yeah. because your, 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 your organ is, is, is not right. But then, Again, um, if, if we're coming for visceral manipulation, you're obviously going to be working on the stomach to 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 release the tension that is being sent up to the neck. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. So stomach is very related to left neck pain and left shoulder pain. And if you even go into your anatomy books, you can see how the liver is related to right shoulder pain, right neck pain. It's the nerve, the nerve innervation to the to the organ. So stomach also has an emotional piece. So, and every organ has its own emotional piece. So stomach is much more about social pressure. So men and about job pressures. So men will have stomach ulcers very commonly because they miss the promotion or they have a lot of stress at work. Um, women tend to have more colon, like irritable bowel problems. And the colon emotion is much more about, um, a little bit about control. I mean, think about being a mother. Making sure a little bit about are... control. I think a lot of control. <laughs> You've been oh. very <laughs> So the colon is about control. So I think of my child. Imagine that, was... the that, that colon has on the stomach. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine the two together. Yes. It's a lot. So very much so. So it's, it's our diet. We had a chat yesterday about the diet and how important that is and how, you know, we have to notice what we eat and read what's on our, what we, in processed food, you know, what, what we're having in, what intake we're having just to avoid the sugars and to avoid the seed oils and um, the many, many other factors. But there's certain things that we can just start to cut out and our gut starts to change. But very much the visceral has a, a big effect. And the visceral has, an end, has a, a big effect on our vagus nerve because I'll take the stomach, for example, the part closer to the middle of your body, and the greater curvature is the part that's on the outside part of the stomach. Particularly on the inside of the stomach, you have your vagus nerve. We've, we've learned a lot about the importance of the vagus nerve. So we can be very specific and gentle on the stomach and release into the vagus nerve and have a good effect on your, your neck, 
your shoulder, but then have a big vagal effect as well, which we know vagus nervous rest and digest. It's, you know, it's, it's calming our, our system. It's moving away from the fright and flight, et cetera, et cetera. So. I'm fascinated by the brain. Can we go a little bit into understanding how the visceral manipulation helps the brain? Um, I know that, I mean, I read the one email that was sent out about the little kid that had the epilepsy. That was a story I think that was fascinating. Um, I know ADHD, ADD, anxiety, learning issues, reading, reading issues connected to the eye. We can kind of go into the brain. Fantastic. Yeah. So, um, so Jean-Pierre very much connects the, the, the organs to the brain. We know that they're very connected. And he says for ADD, kids, like the liver and the pancreas are very important. You know, the processing of the, the, the hormones and the sugar. And then his new work on the brain, he's, we've always done work on the brain in this visceral work. We've done a lot more into the emotional parts of how the emotion is held in the brain with the organ. And then once we've treated the organ on a mechanical level, that we diffuse the emotional piece from the, the brain to, to the organ. So like you say, is it the chicken or the egg? Did the emotion create the, the, the reflex or is it the poor diet and having a, a car accident or falling caused stomach problem? So we connect the two together. Why is the brain with the organ? Cannot just. So in, in effect, every single injury that or condition we have always has an emotional piece. So Jean-Pierre has gone much more in more depth, so it's not just emotional now. We're now going into the actual functioning of the brain. So um, we have different areas in our brain that help our our body to work better. So, for example, I'll talk the, I'll talk about the corpus callosum. It's in the middle of the brain. I think that is a little boy that I treated. So it's the connection between between the two hemispheres. Um, so we can, with our hands, go through the skull. And do a, it's called a listening. We can feel where there's an increase in, um, the viscoelasticity of the brain. So the brain has a, like a density in a certain area. And with our hands, we can do techniques called emit and receive. We can compress and, re- and, and allow the, the tension of the brain come, to come back into the hand. We can do techniques like that to reduce any kind of tension that, or, um, any kind of increase in intensity and in the, the density of the tissue in the brain to release that. Um, we can do techniques that can facilitate. So for example, um, I see lots of kids now with this take that these this technique. I have OTs that send me for this treatment, which really helps OT. It's really a great support to all the other types of treatment. So a child that um that can't cross the, the cross line or it could be the cerebellum, the balance is very bad. So we do um some functional techniques where we ask the patient to either lift their hand up, arms straighten up above them, and to touch their fingers but between the first, the second, the third, to do that with their eyes closed. And then you can access where the brain becomes active under your hand. And then you can do something. You do some techniques to try and enhance that part of the brain to, to, to be more active for that kind of activity and so on and so on. I don't know if that explains it. This is something, if, if a kid goes to OT for years and years and years and they do all the exercises and they do all the games, is it something that if they, if that part of their brain isn't kind of rewired correctly, that they'll just continue having to go to the OT until, you know, maybe nothing will even get fixed? 
How does it work? Like, does the visceral manipulation kind of really sort out that problem? So we have great results where we can mechanically stimulate that part of the brain that's maybe not not as active as it should be. And it's like, it's a very specific, it's a very specific and it's a highly educated touch. So you have to study this work a lot, many years. I've been in this world for 40 years. Wow. So, and I'm still learning. I go overseas three or four times a year and I'm still learning. There's still so much I, I need to know. So very much just, we can, we can stimulate that part of the brain mechanically and the body has an ability to heal itself. That's what's so amazing. So we always working on the body's self-healing mechanism. We're never just doing the treatment. We're listening to the tissues and following the tissues and finding the path of where we need to give stimulation and support into that area. So it's great for those kinds of, pa- of um, patients. It really does help the OT a lot with having a quicker result. Can I ask you, what is the difference between visceral manipulation and craniosacral work? So that's a very good question. So craniosacral is very much working on the cerebrospinal fluid. So the cerebrospinal fluid is that that fluid between your meninges that go from the brain all the way down into the, the spinal canal. And it's listening to the, the um, it's listening to, it has two different phases. It has an, an expansion phase where the fluid pulls the system and it has a retraction phase where it becomes, where it gets reabsorbed, the CSF. So what we're doing is we're working within this system of craniosacral therapy and it has a very big physiological effect on our autonomic nervous system so by engaging into that craniosacral system we we are able to help the body to use its self-correcting mechanism to make the change so i i still use my craniosacral therapy um i'm i find my visceral manipulation a little bit more direct and maybe i get a quicker result but i always combine the two together and the craniosacral Mm -hmm. also there's a great um, emphasis on the somatomotor release. So when you get to the level of when you dialogue with the patient, as they speak, you can feel how the craniosacral rhythm stops because it's a moment in their life that was very important to them. And you hold that place for the patient to do the, the self-healing. And then the craniosacral rhythm starts again. We're speaking to Joanne Enslin, and we're talking primarily visceral manipulation, but it is quite a fascinating discussion. Again, if you'd like to um, ask a question of our guest, 34519 is our SMS line. 061-895-1019 is our telegram number. This is 101.9 Chai FM. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosilski and Fagy Stern. We're speaking about visceral. We're speaking about visceral manipulation, and uh, we're having quite a fascinating discussion. Jan, I've got a question for you. Um, how? How? Well, I guess I guess it's you, you get it in a sense in your hands because I, I do I do go to practitioners that practice all this type of manipulation. You know, you're speaking a lot about emotion, right? So, um, again, example. If I'm carrying of fear or anxiety, how is it that, how, how are you feeling that in my organs, in my, 
you know, in 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 my 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 spinal fluid. Like, what does it what does it feel like? Like, are you do you have to become a very intuitive person? Because one of the things that I've I've realized is the people that are practicing that they they're very very intuitive. Like, they're not what you see is what you get. Oh, you've got a sore neck. Let me rub it and put some cream on it and move on. Like, there, there seems to be like a um, a focus of going in and really trying to, I guess, listen to the what the vibration, the resonance of the body. How, how, how does it actually work is really what I'm asking you. <laughs> I think it's like there's such great practitioners out there doing really great work. And I think it's very much about listening to the body's health cells, the self healing mechanism. And you can actually touch the body to such an extent that you start to get the whole person's life in your hands. Um, so that's what's the privileges about doing this work because when patients come to me, I'm not just treating the condition, I'm treating their whole life because every part of our life is in our body. We all know the, the, the work of the body keeps the score, um, Gabor Mate's work, how we hold that trauma in our body. So we're able to, with a lot of dedication and study, to palpate and feel the different energies of the, the different types of conditions. So, for example, <coughs> excuse me, emotion is, with this visceral work, it's a light touch. So when you do an evaluation on the patient when they come in, we do something called general listening, where you they stand in the room, place with very gentle pressure, about 20 grams of pressure onto the vertex of their crown. And you can feel, you, re- you receive into the palm of your hand the different parts of the body that's, that are struggling, that are having a problem. Could be the stomach, could be the shoulder, could be the foot. But when you get to feel the emotion, the body loses its its balance. So it almost becomes out of balance. The person has to almost catch themselves. So you know that you're on the emotional piece of the body. That is the primary part that we need to address. But we always treat something physical with something emotional. We don't ever just treat the emotional piece. We take what the physical part is, and then we then include the the, the emotional piece of what is what is required for that patient to get better. I find that so unbelievably fascinating because the the world of of medicine, or let me rather say, the world of healing, has taken such a different trajectory to what it was like twenty years ago, thirty years ago. You know, where we were very much what you see is what you get. And today, I think that we're coming to the understanding that people are a composite whole of of of, of many aspects, and true healing. You know, it has to be across the board. I was speaking to, to, to somebody the other day. They were complaining about something physical, et cetera, et cetera. And yes, there are physical things to do. Change your diet, you know, go balance your hormones, stop your sugar. But at the end of the day, if you actually start listening, you can hear, you can hear from the way a person is describing something. You can hear the emotion behind it. You know, I went and said to them, go fix up your trauma. Not in a horrible way because, you know, all of us have small trauma events. Some of us have had very big trauma events in our lives. And I think we were only starting to scratch the surface that that too has an effect on on physical. You know, as as you said, I think like an acute something, you had a whiplash. Well, we know it's because, you know, the car rear-ended you, okay? And that's what it is. But there is emotion behind that. And, and I think, I think it's taking, it's going to still take a lot of time because 
there's a lot of resistance out there where people go, no, don't, don't start that hogwash with me. Don't start going and telling me that, you know, my neck ache is connected to my stomach and in my stomach, I've got control, I've got control issues. But really, that is, that is where we are heading. I think the beauty is also like when we, when I came with my son to you, for instance, um, Adel, Joanne asked him about his emotion and told him to like kind of feel that emotion. Mm. So she could actually see where in his brain he was feeling or like where in his brain he was, was affecting. So you could, she could actually do it in front of your face and, and say to you, this is where the part of the brain is being affected by that specific emotion. And then we could do a technique that could dissipate that intensity in his brain. So it's physical. So I think, you know, psychology is brilliant talking about it, but so often it's in the actual cells of our tissues. So we need to do the combination. It's not enough to just talk about it. We have to do something physical, something mechanical. I think that's why people run and they do all these other types of things. Whereas the visceral is also very good because we can identify where it's being held in the body and do a dissipation technique to help that patient. I think something, Joanne, is like, even for our listeners out there, is, you know, when someone has something so extreme, something like the epilepsy, with that child who was going to have the operation on his brain, and then, the you know, the effect may have been that he had no feeling or movement in his hands, you know, that something kind of extreme would have happened. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how many people would know to come to visceral therapy. If, if someone has something, you know, that they've been struggling with from birth, I mean, if, if I know a situation where a child doesn't speak, you don't think necessarily to find someone that does visceral manipulation. And it's so beneficial, you know, reading problems, speech. Um, you know, we treat into the base of the, the root of the tr- tongue sometimes. You know, it could be just something along that nerve that supplies the tongue, or it could be something within the brain. So we connect the speech from the tongue into the brain with our hand into a certain area of the of, of the the brain and we do some intensification. We stimulate it. So it works. I mean, like Mitzi Hollander, she does the QEEG where they put the probes on the brain to see what's going on with the brain and goes what well, you know what's going on with the hearing and how the child's able to process things, whether it's a sensory issue or a you know visual issue or an auditory issue. And then I know that she then tells people to come to you for whatever concerns that they're having because of the huge effects that it has. Yes, I mean, she's doing excellent work. It really is like exactly that. We, we're we looking at the body completely holistically. And it's, you know, it, it's not even, you know, it, it's to me this is true medicine because, you know, what we're treating is physiology. We're treating the nerve pathways from a certain structure in the brain. Um we're treating the physical connection of the nerve into an organ, into the brain, into the tongue, into the dural coverings of the brain, the trigeminal nerve, you know, trigeminal neuralgia. We can access it. And there are certain places where we can, it, when that nerve becomes a little bit superficial, there's certain places in the body where it becomes superficial and we can access that nerve where it exits more onto the skin but we know that from treating it from that perspective, we're having a deep reach that goes right into the brain, into the brainstem, or wherever we need to be doing the treatment. So it's 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 a technique that you have to know the whole body. There's no such thing as a, like you said, a specialization. You can't just be a a, a shoulder person or a knee person or a hip person. 
because you can have a big toe. It's called flexor halicus rigidus that doesn't flex and you'll have a disc pathology because you can't push through on your foot. And then your disc, you're in the position of flexion. Then your disc has a prolapse. So it's really much more, like you say, knowing the whole body. And it's, you know, it's really good that functional medicine has come into play that our patients now can have their bloods taken and look at diet and look at lifestyle and do supplementation. But the visceral technique actually has a neuroendocrine effect because the fat, the, the covering of the organs, the fascia, with this mechanical stimulation, we can actually cause hormones to, to be more in balance. Well, it's absolutely fascinating. I love this, and I think that so much is coming together. This is 101.9 High FM. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosilski and Fagy Stern. There's so many questions that I still want to ask, and we only have a couple of minutes, uh, Joanne. Can I ask you one thing that just like popped up into my head? Is this what we've got, what we're learning now about functional medicine, about looking at a person holistically? Do you believe we had it 2000 years ago and we understood it and then we lost it? Or do you believe that this is like something completely new that is like coming into our consciousness and, and we're only starting to discover it now? I know it was way back. We knew it. And then, I mean, I hate to say it. I think. Um, we was, we started to have more control by the government, don't you think? That yes. it had to be a certain way. And then a lot of those holistic healers were like pushed uh-huh. away. Yeah. 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 Everything's become so specialized, you know. I mean, I was just thinking the other day that to be a GP must be really hard because back in the day when I was born, the GP would deliver you. They would do your appendectomy. They would. <laughs> and now everything has become so specialized and so compartmentalized. So, and so this is like a very good integration into all of those different parts of medicine. I think. The Thank you. Word, if people want to get hold of you, how can they do? How how can they? Um, well, you, you know, on the website, you can Google Joanne Enslin Physiotherapy and Pilates. And if people want to do the courses, I teach I teach visceral manipulation to to healthcare professionals, and then the Appalachia Institute comes out from America to teach the craniosacral courses. So, if you're if you're a body worker, you're able to do the craniosacral work. Um, you need to be with HPCSA to do the visceral manipulation work. Be a medical practitioner. PTs, OTs, I've had I've had general practi- practitioners on it, and they've loved this work because. It's helped them with some of the techniques to find out where is the patient's problem because they come to you with many ailments and then, you know, what is the origin? So it really helps practitioners and GPs as well. With so is that on your website? And it's, um, so there's a, there's a, um, paraleinstitute.co.za and there's an appalachiainstitute.co.za and then my, my physio is santonphysiotherapy.co.za. Fantastic. We really, really appreciate. We know how busy you are and how in demand you are. And we really, really appreciate your time coming on and educating us. And I think for me, certainly motivating again, that the way to go is to look at yourself holistically um, and not, you know, in every like, like a specific thing and just try to go for that because then you're it really is a beautiful way of treating ourselves. Thank you. Thank you very much. This is one of the high FM.